Good to have you back. Um, you weren't here last week. Um, it was just me and Corbs. Uh, and now it's just me and you. Either way. It's good. That's why we have a team of four because at least two of us, sometimes just one of us can get up and, <laughs> and deliver something to everyone. Eh? There's usually two. There's only ever had to be once, once. And that was and that yeah. was you. <laughs> I know. It was interesting. That was an interesting one. I feel like I was just talking to myself for literally an hour. It was just real weird. I can't believe how well you did. Yeah, was it was it weird? No, I don't know. It was so weird because I was at, I was at work and I was just in the office, and I know there was a bit of outside noise, and I was literally just I shut the door and I said, "Whatever you do, don't come into to any of the employees," and just <laughs> just started rambling. And like, what are you doing? I was like, "Just don't come in. Just don't come in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'd be like getting caught having a wank or something. Somebody walking well, yeah, in on you doing a solo podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what's more embarrassing. I know. Right now, I don't know. But you did that all in one take, yeah? Yeah, one take. I just started the recording and then just yeah, kept it rolling. That was that's actually amazing. I was never I was never ever gonna do a second take on it, that's for sure, or even consider it. But you just didn't have to stop. Yeah, it's so actually I just kept talking and I had my, I had my little run sheet like I sent to you most um most Wednesdays or Thursdays and I just literally read off the top and had the form guide up in front of me and just, just, just spoke what I was thinking, pretty much. Uh, I think it just comes naturally to you. Form guide no. in front of you. It, just, it must Doubt just that. roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> One that hard to believe. <laughs> You're just putting thoughts into words, but <laughs> yeah, anyway. Exactly. Now, mate, I've got to be honest, um, talking about the racing last weekend, I, th- I think it was the first weekend in a long time that I haven't had a bet on anything. Mm. It was one of those days, wasn't it? Like we put up uh, Party for One, which was just a horror watch if, if any of the listeners got onto it because we just flopped out the back and then just rocketed through the line. But I could not find a thing that gave me an edge at Randwick and thank God I did because everything that I kind of eyed off either placed and I would have backed it to win or, or didn't even feature. So it was one of those days where I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger on anything and um, I saved my dough because it, it was a tough day out for favourite backers unless you were on Dubai Honor. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, I saw the results because the reason I didn't bet, obviously, was because I was at a wedding and I didn't have reception um, mm. and I just didn't think to put anything on before and I'm kind of glad I didn't I don't know if I really would have backed anything but yeah I saw yeah. the results so what Animo ran third and who was that second in that race again uh, Mwanga that's right yeah he was really good yeah true so he, I, re- I read a report today that um, Annabelle Nation's keeping him in training so wouldn't surprise me if we see him up here in Queensland for our winter carnival maybe aiming for like a Doombin Cup or even a Q22, yep. that, you know, 2,200 metre race worth a few million bucks. Yeah, okay. So, wait, so yeah, the, autumn stuff's, the autumn stuff down there is over. Is that the last meet, is it? This is, 
No, this is the last weekend this weekend with the Champagne Stakes and the All Age Stakes. So this is the last of the Autumn Carnival. It's kind of like the forgotten meet down there at Randwick this this weekend. Yeah. And then Adelaide will, or yeah, Adelaide will have their little carnival. And then, as you can see, WA have a few little things on this weekend. And then Queensland starts to rip and rip up at Doombin and Eagle Farm. I think there's a couple of Sunny Coast meets as well. And then, um, yeah, that's how it all works out. <laughs> you know when you just said the forgotten meat? Yeah. Do you know what I just started thinking in my head? I started what were you thinking, thinking? I started thinking, oh, I haven't heard anybody use that phrase before. And then I started <laughs> thinking, oh, I wonder what, like, what the forgotten meat would be if I had to, like, pick one. <laughs> and I what st- would you? Well, what, I started thinking about think? turkey. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're talking about turkey. Turkey certainly. Although I'm not a big fan of it, mutton. Another one. What? What's mutton? So mutton's like old lamb. It's like mature lamb. Oh, what? Like, as it, like it's been yeah. aged or? No. So like lambs that have grown up that haven't been like slaughtered in their young, in their youth. Oh, so they're like a teenager so or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. Like adult adult lamb. Yeah, right. I can't say I've ever... Well, it's pretty good, is it? No, it's not. Well, that's the thing. Turkey's it's not like, good either. I don't know why I picked turkey, but I just feel like it's a meat that doesn't get eaten that often. Nah. Like, I I, I could probably count on my one hand how many times I've actually eaten turkey. I it's reckon. not that good. No, it's dry. It's flavorless. I'd rather have a chalk. And the, exactly, and the forgotten meat should probably be something that is good, but people just don't eat all the time, right? What would you put in that category then? Duck. Well, it's a really tough question. Duck is good. For duck, sure. ducks. It's a great meat. Um, uh, not a big fan of kangaroo. Do you like game meat? Yeah, I look like venison. I don't, I don't see. I've I've never actually eaten venison, or I'd really like to, but I've eaten. A fair bit of ruin. I don't mind it, but it's not. You can't have too much of it. It's got to be cooked exactly. perfectly, which is kind of hard yeah. to do. And you, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not great. But I, I don't know, man. I reckon. Jeez, that's a tough question. The forgotten meat. Good question. I like it. <laughs> but that is, and then I only realised what you were actually saying when you said the Sunshine Coast meat. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we all know pork is the sunshine ghost, mate. It can be good, can be shit out. <laughs> Depending on how you cook. <laughs> what about horse meat? Have you ever gone anywhere near trying that? <laughs> this is no, actually taking quite a dark turn. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? No, I've never tried horse meat. I've tried some weird stuff in my time, but not horse. Like I've had... I've had crocodile, I've had emu, I've had all the game meats in South Africa. I've had tarantula, Ooh, I've had nice. snake, Whoa. cockroach, crickets. Jeez, you've frog. really done it all. Like, I've had some weird stuff. I Certainly the, the tarantula was definitely probably the most outlandish thing I had was in Cambodia. Um, it wasn't tasty, I'll tell you that. So I, I'm no. not going to recommend it to anyone to have. It's definitely not the forgotten meat. Do you know, what did you think of crocodile? Like it's been a long time since I had it, but I kind of remember it had a... Kind of like a texture, like almost fish, but almost tasted more like chicken. Yeah, it's definitely a hybrid of fish and chicken in terms of texture and taste. Yeah, really weird. Yeah, I, had a cro- I actually had a crocodile pie 
which was interesting. Was that uh, at Kempsey? It might have been in Kempsey. There's, it, was there's somewhere, a shop. it was somewhere on the road, and I remember yeah. getting it because dad, dad bought it. Yeah, man, it's when it you, might have been no, I know it. It's when you go through Kempsey, and I remember going past it a bunch of times and thinking to myself, there is no crocodiles anywhere near here. Like, why are they selling crocodile pies? Because <laughs> we, um, we, we used to go down that way all the time. Like, we used to holiday at Coffs, but then we'd go to Dorigo and go to Port Macquarie, Southwest Rocks, and all around there. So, yeah. no doubt that's where I had it, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I reckon that's it. I forget what it's called, that pie shop, but there's a crocodile on the sign. Um, but anyway, that, that's a, we could spend all night on the forgotten meat, but what? <laughs> you, back to the meat you were actually talking about. Yeah, the the Randwick meat. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't think it was much to touch on the weekend of racing, mainly the fact that I think Dubai on is going to go to Hong Kong. I think he's going to win the, the big 2,000 metre race over there. Um, I, w- I really want to see Muanga up here in, in Queensland because I think he's screaming for, for 2,000 plus metres now, not just 2,000. Yeah. Um, New Zealand held up again for you, mate, with Penny Wecker. One of the New Zealand Oaks comes over here and wins wins the, Australia, the ATC Oaks. Wow, I just can't. I, I keep, every time these things keep winning, I keep thinking back to that podcast we did where you kind of laid them all. I jinxed him. You did. did. You didn't. Like, you might have said, I th- I can, I'm laying every Kiwi horse that comes to Australia this year. I don't know if I said that, but I bloody hope I didn't say that, that's for sure. But <laughs> and it was they funny, like, pretty the one much they, all they won. Thought, yeah, and the, the one that they were like so confident in, in um, sharp and smart, ended up running, what, sixth or seventh or something. So, yeah, yeah it was weird. It's been weird. But it was, it was a good win and, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it that we need to touch on in terms of reviewing because we didn't really have a bet anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've just been a bit – What? How, how are you feeling with your uh, tipping and your betting at the moment? Because I think it's fair to say you've – this is probably the longest out-of-form uh, sort of streak you've been on since we started the potty anyway. Are you yeah, feeling a bit it's scared? it's one of those things – no, not really, because if I know it's, you'll laugh at this, but if you if you're staking accordingly and and you're following a unit strategy, like the repeated losses, that it's you, you, the way you've set it up is, is it, it's a stop loss. So yeah, your account's not looking as healthy as it once was, but it's not something where you're sitting back going, oh, I'm going to have to redeposit. So that's something that I'm I'm very lucky with that that I've been taught that strategy. So. Like right now, the account's certainly not as high as what it was, say, two, three months ago, but I've still got enough cash in there. My unit staking has just gone down, and I'm still backing myself. I'm still following all my normal strategies in, in assessing a race. It's just just not betting as much, I guess, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, it does. And I think the the deposit is the – the redeposit is the thing that probably hurts the most. Yeah, um, and I think the other thing is you get a lot of people who will chase as well, like – I'm usually yeah. pretty strict, yeah. and if if I've got had a couple of beers under my belt, I'll usually just lock my account once my my bets have gone, just because then I'm not tempted to do anything, and then it's just ready to go the next day. So yeah, you were telling me about that strategy, and um, mm. I employed it the other weekend, and it worked um worked well. I think I'd exactly because 
some sometimes the chase will work, but the majority of the time it won't. So that's one thing that I'll, I'll always encourage to any of our listeners who do feel like they have a problem or anything like that. Like do do put little strategies in place and and make sure that you are gambling responsibly. I guess. Yeah, and that one, for instance, is um just put the while you're like having a bet on a Saturday or any day and you start losing a bit of cash and you're feeling the need to redeposit, just like, you know, maybe do one more, but then mm. put the restriction on for just 24 hours or whatever. And exactly. And the majority of them, yeah, you can put a custom on. You can put it on for 10 hours. You can put it on for four hours. So yeah. at least once all the races have been and gone, there's nothing really for you to pun on and you can just move on. Yeah. And if you're feeling like you're going to chase, you, you do that, you're definitely going to save yourself some money. Exactly right. There's always another. There's always horse racing every day. <laughs> yeah, and you get always the oracle the gets knocked down, but he gets back up again. Yeah, we'll be right. And then when we like the other thing is, you've got to like punning. Punning's not a short term thing. Like if you think you're going to win the riches straight up, um, it's it's just unrealistic. You might have a couple of really decent winners, but in the long term, you've got to think it smart with how you approach it. Like if, if, if like the perfect example is if people were backing us from the start of the podcast, like our ROI is 92%. So like when we look at it like that, if, if they, like we've bet 106 units for a return of 203. So for those people, if they, if they had, uh, were a $10 punter, they'd have $920 profit. So You've yeah. just got to you've got to cop you've got to cop the losses and yeah we've had a few in there but we've had a couple of winners there just to keep us ticking over, but um yeah you've just got to cop the losses when they happen back yourself and and just just keep trucking on. Yeah, you certainly cannot win every time. It's just not the way it works. I mean, Corbs learnt that the hard way last week. Yeah, yeah, it can be br- it it can be brutal, particularly like days like the last two, three, four weekends where. It just hasn't worked out for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we were starting to talk about um, compounding our, our bet uh, for the next 20 rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. how ahead of ourselves we were getting. And then... Oh, yeah. With the Broncos bet? No, it was um, Cowboys and Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I'm so <laughs> sick of the Cowboys, eh? I'm oh, my so God. sick of them. I'm sick of the Dolphins. No, I'm not actually. I'm not sick of the Dolphins. I won't say that. Yeah, the Cowboys. Like, I yeah. I don't understand what's happened. How uh, how they lose that game at home, I honestly cannot fathom it. It's just, I oh, know, there's nothing else in that round. I wouldn't have been more certain on. Yeah, it's just that they're just frustrating. They're a frustrating team to follow. I I'm off them at the moment. Uh is that is, is that your team? Is it? No, but I'll just follow any Queensland team and I like yeah. to see them all do well. Yeah. But them it's just just frustrating. Yeah, it's um it's a, I'm very annoyed at them at the moment. But anyway, back to the uh back to the drawing board. Back to the racing. Yeah. So this yeah. this weekend, um, Randwick. Now you're saying this is the this is the forgotten meat. This is the forgotten meat, yeah. yeah. So this is the all age stakes, which is like you could say like day three, but it's not really – it's not considered the championships. But there is two group ones on the card. We've got the, the wait for age, all age stakes over 1,400 metres, and then you've got the third leg of the two-year-old triple crown in, in the champagne stakes over the mile. So Randwick 
the rail's out seven metres from the 1,000 metres to the winning post and then four metres the remainder. So big thing to think about is the rail's coming out. So there might be the chance that it might have a little on-pace bias, at least during the initial phases, um, initial races of the day. So at the time that you and I are talking now, which is, what, 6.30 on Thursday, the, yep. the track is rated soft five. But they were... Um, I think expecting some rain tonight because I know I know Hawkesbury was was abandoned today, so they abandoned it and it'll be postponed to another another day. So it was a okay. soft five when I last checked, and then I think they're getting a little bit of rain tonight and tomorrow. Okay. So I expect it's probably we've got fine weather on Saturday and decent decent drying conditions. So we'll probably be in the soft range at worst. So I don't think we'll be dealing with a heavy deck like we did two weeks ago, which will be nice. Hey, what was it last week? Because I didn't get to watch. What was the what was the track rating? The track rating last week, I think it was a soft six in the end. I think when when it came round, I'll just look that okay. one up for you. I was pretty yeah, soft seven. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Heavy. Anything but a heavy would be nice. Yeah. Exactly. So the rail was in that four meter position last week. So what we've got to think about with that is we're coming out another three metres. And if you look at the way where Animo came down, where Jubayana came down and all those other horses, horses were winning down the middle of the track. So I don't know, it's, it's food for thought. If, if we're getting a bit of, like even Explosive Jack came down really out wide as well. So just food for thought. And in, if, if the rat, it is soft or even like the soft seven, even heavy eight range comes Saturday, just watch for the horses to come up the rails, I guess, in those first few races before it starts to chop out. And then you might start to look to come down wider. But it's just something to look at. And like I always say, just don't bother getting any any bets on now because the price is rarely going to change between now and race day and all of your early market shoppers have already done their um, done their thing and changed the market with their with their money anyway okay good advice so the all-age stakes is race seven now this is the two-year-olds one yeah so the champagne stakes in race seven ah champagne stakes yep sorry i mean absolutely i I was saying it and didn't even realize what i was saying made no sense (laughs) yeah that's all good yeah, so all age stay. Um, so champagne stake. So over the mile. So the golden slip is the twelve hundred meter race. They then go to the size produce, which is fourteen hundred meters, and then onto the champagne stakes for the triple crown. So it's um it's a pretty good thing. Obviously, you have got a couple of horses coming out of that golden slipper in in Don Corleone, who's what appears to be up for forever. We've got uh, Militarise, who obviously ran in the slipper also, won the, the, the main lead-up race in the size produce last start. Um, you've got Tom Kitten, who's coming out of another one of those kind of lead-up races in the Fernhill, which was on the 8th of April, which was, um, sorry, last weekend. So there's a, it, there's a lot of decent horses getting around in this race. It's 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 actually, I'm, I'm surprised that Militarise is, is so short. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like two dollars, two dollars is is quite short for a horse that um that did did very well um last start. Like it obviously put an absolute gap on them. Yeah, but it was but 30, I'm, I'm wasn't more, it? or something like that. One at well, like thirty bucks. One at paying about thirty dollars yeah, last yeah, I start. I think it was like so. So what you got to look at like it's SP in in the Todman behind cylinder was twenty six. 
six. It was then 101 in the slipper and then, what, 30-something or whatever it was in, in the size produce. So my opinion of the horse is great, great horse. Like the figure that it put up last start was very good in that size produce. But the problem is I feel like when you go back and look through the horses that it beat, it beat some very good horses, but I just feel like it handled that heavy nine deck better than all of them. And it would have been interesting to see the horse on a good deck or even just one of those like soft five, soft six. Yeah. So that's my only little, I guess, concern with the horse. Like the the figure was really good and, and everything to suggest with its, um, I guess, its sectional times in the six, four and twos that it'll get to the mile. Um, Don Corleone, again, was another horse who was very good behind uh, Militarise. I thought his slipper run where he ran fourth was very good. Um, and he did run second in a blue diamond, which, funnily enough, has ended up being quite a good form race. So I think he's certainly a chance. And then he gets James, James McDonald again back on board who who did ride him um, early on the piece in, in the two-year-old handicap in early Jan. And then he did ride him in that Piero plate. You know when he was the sixty favourite when yeah. – that massive cafe millennium came storming down the outside. Yeah, um, never forget it. Yeah, so J-Mac knows the horse quite well. The horse that I do like here, and, and this isn't a bet because I think I don't, I don't like this two-year-old race. I think it, I think some of these other horses down the track are, are quite interesting as well, is Tom Kitten because it's got the 1,600-metre run under its belt. And I thought it was a really, really good win last start in that Fernhill uh, last week at Randwick. Yeah, okay. Um, Nash is, funnily enough, undefeated on the horse. So the horse has obviously had four starts and two of those starts has had Nash on and he's won both of them. So I think he's I think he's a really, really good chance in this race. Um, but, again, you could make cases for a lot of the horses down here. Like, bases loaded might get it, um, might get it its way up the front because um, we've probably got Townsend leading the race, but I think bases loaded has it covered. So it might, it might get the run of the race. Um, up front with no pressure. You've got this interesting horse, which is the Will Hubert horse, the one down here, Felix the Scat. Oh, the Holberts. Yeah, so he's got a horse down here, the Peter and Will Holbert. Uh, yeah. They've sent a horse down here from Queensland. So the horse was really good back in February this year. He won He won a two-year-old handicap over the 1350 at Doombin by about four and a half lengths, I think it was, from from memory. Yeah. He was then sent back to the trials and then came back and, and had another run probably two, I think maybe three weeks ago, just in late March, and, and just got done by um, another horse, but he was the 230 favourite. So he's certainly got um, the SP punters. Like I think on debut he started with a seven, but then the rest of the races he's been he's been um, far four or five dollars or less. So he's a he's an interesting horse, and you've booked um, Gun, which is a which is a great jockey booking. So yeah, it's one of those tough races where I wouldn't be surprised if Militarised comes out and absolutely blows them away. But then I also wouldn't surprise me if there's four or five horses there in the finish and we're looking at a photo. So it's not a race that I'm keen to bet into, but I certainly think that um, there's a few open chances. And I, and militarise at $2.05, I'm really intrigued to see what the what the big syndicates do because he's got a horrible SP profile. So I don't think they're going to be drawn to him. So if you're looking purely off that, you might actually get a better price come race day. Mm, yeah, surely. Surely, yeah. So, yeah, yeah tough race. Yeah, would quite you, yeah. legs. Honestly, if you if you, guns in my head, I'd, I'd I'd probably go. I'd probably go one, two, four, five, seven, nine, and eleven. So go go relatively wide in this race. Yeah, definitely. And the next race is the all age stakes. 
Yeah, now this is this is such an interesting race. So I was having a look through the field. So this is a 1,400-metre weight for age uh, race. So it's probably like the pinnacle of, of Australian racing now. It's really, really interesting. There's a lot of things that, like, there's a lot of question marks on a lot of the horses in this race. So my speed map, firstly, I have a, I have a moderate tempo um, set, and I think Zaki will probably, will probably get up maybe lead this race. It just depend on how Electric Girl goes. And then I have Colding and Bandersnatch just behind with Mazu. And then I'm a bit puzzled to see what they do with Lost and Running because last start in the TJ Smith, I thought he was very good running six, but he was three wide to cover and he, he obviously drew barrier 13 in that TJ. So he didn't have that sprint in him at the end of the race. So does John O'Shea recommend to, to Tommy Marquand to just bite the bullet and drop back off this and, and hope that they run at a decent clip? Or does he roll forward and, and try and sit outside Zaki? I'd, I'd, I'm really puzzled with him. Mm. So he's an interesting one. And do you know what I've also found is Zaki, is he back? Like what's happened to him? So he missed, he missed the uh, like the majority of the, of the early autumn because he had that really lackluster trial, and I think Annabelle had a worry that he w- hadn't come up because we've got to remember he's a seven year old now, so he might take a little bit longer just to get wound up. Yeah. He then had a trial. He's just had he's had since um since let's have a look here. So Feb he had that average trial, and then he had a decent trial with J Mac on board um early April on the synthetic though. So I don't I'm. I'm not 100% sure about what you take from it, but he does have a good first up record for nine starts, four wins, a second and a third, and he's actually two from two at the track and distance. So I think if Zaki, the, the Zaki that we have, have got to know, if he turns up, I think he wins this race, but there's a lot of question marks over him. But I think six bucks is one of those prices where you can look at it and go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have a little flutter on him here with this. Yeah, I just I don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if he's to be well, trusted. That, that's the other thing is you just got to go. Is is he is he is he worth it? And I think you'll get a good indication with um with your yard watches because if you see like a like they're, they're doing they're doing the yard and then you see like a a, a, bit, a decent drift on him, then you'll find a lot of those syndicates that um I have yard watches there will will be putting a set against him because he's either looking pretty fat or is carrying a lot of condition. So I'd be keeping on that uh with Zaki. Just keep a keep an eye on that kind of late market. Probably the last 10 maybe 15 minutes max before the race just when they're doing the mounting yard and see what comes of it because if there's if there's money that comes for him then I'd be looking to back him. Yeah. Okay. Because when you look at this field, this field is an unbelievable field. I'm not questioning that. Yeah. But you look at it like Giga Kick, this will be his first time going to 1,400 metres. He was epic. I'm, I'm not questioning him at all. He was epic in the in the TJ. Can he run a, a strong 1,400 metres? You've then got Mazu, who has similar sort of issues with, with potentially running out 1,400 metres. He's run 1,300 metres and, and performed soundly, but not 1,400 metres. Um, Jackano, he's coming off that flop in the Australian Guineas where he didn't actually run out the mile. But then you got to go back and look at his Group One All win where he got Gentleman Royal in that in that photo. So is he up for it? Um, Private Eye. Now Private Eye brings his his form of of last year when he um, oh, what was that race he won? Oh, what was it called? I don't remember. He won it. He won a big race at um, at. 
Flemington? Maybe? Oh, was it very? Well, I remember, he ran second in uh, oh the winners race. You know the one that, that's the week after the Everest, and it's named after um the previous Everest winner of the thirteen hundred meters. He beat Marzu Kementari and all those guys. Yeah. So he's definitely performed um in this thing, and I I think you can forgive his run in that um in that TJ Lam two weeks ago where he came up the inferior ground and he did actually come up copper bump coming around the bend. So I think he can be forgiven. Cascadian gets Nash, which is a bit, which is a really good jockey booking, but he's dropping back from 2000 meters to, to 1400 meters. So and don't forget, uh, don't forget rock and, rock and horse. Oh, I'm getting there. Don't worry. I'm just making my way down <laughs> in, in, in market order. <laughs> Okay, good. So yeah, yeah, I was just making sure. <laughs> no, that's all good. So Cascadian drops back from the 2,000 metres, and he won a pretty oh, – actually a very low, lowly ranked um, Australian Cup. So, But he does get Nash. You've got this interesting horse, which is the Yahagi's horse, the Ho-Oh Amazon, which is a Japanese horse. Yeah, so these, peop- these people are Japanese. I was wondering – yeah, so these are, so Yahagi had um Unicorn Line last week in that QE, and I thought he was really good considering. Like I reckon if we'd had a good deck, and I reckon he would have, I reckon he would have finished a lot closer. I don't think he would have beat Jubayana, who looks to just blossom as into a four year old. Um, this horse I feel like is at the twilight end of his career. Like I don't feel like he's at his absolute prime. So I've got concerns about him. Um, um, your mate Rockin, what was that? I was just gonna say that Japanese horses last bloody six starts. Are, I mean, there's one third in there, but there's a lot of like tenths and twelfths and fifteenths and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you going back like his his when was his last win? Was it back in like what 2021? Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, well, seventeenth of April there in a group three over the mile. So you got to look at it like that. Like, and he had Japanese uh, Japan's best jockey on board there. So you've just got to look at him there and go, all right, mate. Is is are you at the twilight end of your career? And is this are you just a travelling stable mate for Unicorn Lion? And yeah, Yahagi's just putting you into this race because he can. Like yeah. that's just what it might. That's my opinion more than anything. I think so. And then you got Rockin' Horse, who I thought was very good in that William Reed behind um, Imperatriz and Bella Nipatina. Crossed the line with September Run, a case for you, who I think is going to be a decent sprinter here with um, with Mick Ken uh, and Mick Price uh, as well. Uh, I think Electric Girl, Bandersnatch and Colding a bit out of their depth. I honestly think, why don't they retire Colding? Like, yeah. Like he, God, he's, got he's a seven-year-old. He's, he's done so well. Like... If you look at it, when was the last time he he performed? Was in what June last year in a in the Q twenty two over two thousand two hundred meters. So it's probably looking they're probably looking to kick him off here, and because it's a Group One over fourteen hundred meters, they might just look for a a decent like seventh or eighth paycheck maybe. But um, it's it's this is a really really good race to be honest, mm-hmm. and I yeah I'm not sure where I'd go to be honest in terms of like quality numbers like. I probably have to wait and see on the day how one how the track's playing, but I'd almost be inclined to potentially not include Giga Kick in. Oh, I know that's big, but I know. I it's reckon he runs at fourteen hundred. I reckon he looked you reckon, strong at the end of that twelve hundred. You reckon? I reckon he could have got it if it went longer. Oh, really? I would well, have said that. I, I thought it, I'd wish I win. I thought I'd wish I win. Had well, him I covered. wish I win got him. Yeah, sorry. 
but he wasn't like he wasn't fading out of it. No, I know what you but, mean. But I know yeah, what you mean. you're right. He probably doesn't. Beat I wish I win, but I, I mean I wish I win was amazing through to to and through the line. But I thought Giga kick like there was a long like a long time in that that I thought he was going to win. Yeah, it was only like late. I was like no, but also had I wish I win in the quaddie, but was on Giga kick out uh, outright. Mm. I don't to know. Be honest, though, actually, I'm I'm just looking at the race. If I was honestly, I'd, I'd you have to put Zaki in. And if you look at look at the TJ last week, you look at Giga Kick versus Marzu. Giga Kick was hitting the line harder than Marzu, so you could probably put a pen through Marzu. Jack and O, well, we know J Max jumped off Jack and O, and after trialing him at Randwick, and he's opted for Zaki. So could you put a pen through Jack and O? Mm. Include Private Eye because you can't not Cascadian, and that's it actually. So I've just talked myself in it. <laughs> So, Giga Kit, Zaki, Private Eye, Cascadian. Yeah, okay. I like it. So, this got a bit short in that one. All right. Lovely. Do you want to talk about uh, any other races here? Race nine and 10? Yeah, so yeah, I've got a couple. So, let's go race four. So, I really like this. If you have a look at this, you'll you'll recognize a familiar face. So, this is the the B Car Stakes with James H. James HB car stakes, whatever it is. Group three over fourteen hundred meters. Yep. So we oh. know Opal Ridge was was one of our bets um two weeks ago. Yeah. I was very bullish on on the horse. I thought it was immoral. And um this magic time horse from from Graham Bed came out of nowhere and, and just handled the heavy nine just amazingly. Yeah. So like I'm looking at this race and can can you justify dollar eighty five for magic time? Um, no, what, uh, unbeaten, uh, this Alentia thing goes pretty good too, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But I mean, Alentia's all right. Yeah. To be honest though, I, I feel like, like Magic Time, you know, the horse that we like to, well, the horse that I like tonight, Marxist, um, actually it beat Marxist on, on it in a maiden back in October last year. Yeah. Okay. I think Magic Time's a really, really good horse. Horse. But I feel like you can be forgiving of Opal Ridge's run last start. Came down like the poor ground had, I think it. If you look at it, it had a bit of interference coming around the, or at the top of the straight. So yeah. it gets a senior jockey on board. And I'm thinking if you, I went back and looked at the sectional data that it had on uh, punning intelligence. You know that free sectional data you can have a look at, and it actually copped some really really good late sectionals despite running up that in interference. So I think if you're looking at it purely from a betting perspective, I think. With the barrier the way it is for Opal Ridge, I think she's going to be further in the run than Magic Time. So I've got um, Portray and La Patrice uh, leading this race, and then you've got Opal Ridge parked in behind. Now, I'm not sure where Magic Time gets in that run. So I'll be willing at the price to probably back Opal Ridge in this race. And potentially this may even be, excuse me, a bet for us moving forward. Oh, he's going back to it. This is huge. Yeah, I just – I feel like I've forgiven. I, I think the horse is really on track for a Stradbroke and I think you can be forgiving of last run because the, what, what the horse did first up in that Derby Munro, I was very, very impressed. And I know Luke Pepper, the trainer, he's a small-time trainer, has a big, big opinion of her. And he's actually – I think he actually just bought her brother, her full brother, just recently. Okay. So, Well, yeah. no, I really like this because um, so many times you'll sack a horse on that – on one run – 
and they'll come back and win the next race. I so, just feel like it's a bit like us. We've we've had a couple of losses, and people have just got to keep backing us, and those that do will will be rewarded. So I reckon we jump on board. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to follow you. So, yeah, I'm, I, I reckon that I can think of a couple that have followed us into that one before that won't be so, you know, won't be so keen, but maybe we can talk yeah, them around to it again. <laughs> oh, we'll see how they go come Saturday. <laughs> yeah, they'll want, it. they'll want to get on for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so then good, we've man. got race... So we've got race five there, which is the Hallmark Stakes over 1,200. Now, I love this race. I think it's this is one of my – I'm more excited, funnily enough, about this race than I am the all-age stakes because you've got some really good horses. You've got Valana, who we know that I have a, a really, really strong opinion of, um, has trialled very nicely. What I find interesting, though, is nice two nice trials early in, in March, but J-Mac has opted to ride with Gravina, which I find very interesting. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not opposed to that, though, because Nash, uh, we know Nash rode um, Villana and the Hunter to that that awesome win behind uh, where it knocked off in the Congo and Gravina in that race. Nash rode in that really unlucky run in the Golden Eagle and and won on it in the Silver Eagle. So I think Nash has probably taken the booking because he's got a really um, uh, a good association with the horse. Um, The price for the horse all in was about $4.55. So... The good thing is it's drawn really nicely in at two seventy. I think that's a good price. Yeah. Um, Cold Crusher was really good behind Bacchanalia last start, and I think if you're looking at this this race, obviously isn't a quaddy at all. But I feel like Cold Crusher could certainly, um, I think you could turn the tables on Bacchanalia. Um, we know Gravina loves Randwick, it, particularly at this distance, uh, six starts and never missed the trifecta. Um, Waihaha Falls, who we, we've we've had a really really good opinion. You know, I've, um, I thought it was unlucky behind Bacchanalia. Um, not sure if it's come back as 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 well as as expected. Um, it probably certainly prefer if it was a heavy deck. And on, I think if if we get the un, uncertain rain or the unpredicted rain come, then I'll be looking to back it. And then the horse that we've had in the black book for a long time, Key Largo, finally drops back from Group One grade into into this. Yeah. What was interesting with Bryce Hayes is the horse was nominated for the the handicap up here in Brisbane, which was the last race, and I actually gave it a huge chance over the thousand meters because this, we'll touch on that briefly um, when we touch Eagle Farm, but. It, the, the the race was up here at Eagle Farm had so much pace, and I thought this would set up for a backmarker like like Key Lago, but um, he's obviously opted to come here. So I don't know, wait and see. But I think it's a really open race. If you gun to my head, I'd be going for Lana because I really like the horse's trial, and I've got a lot of time for it. But I do also concede that I think Ravina, Cold Crusher, Wahaha Falls, and even Key Lago all have a chance. Yeah, good looking race. Um, yeah, it is. I really, I really like that race. Kenny Largo was only, what, not even two lengths off Maria Mir and uh, Uncommon James last start too. So you got to look at it like that. And Uncommon James and Asfora, they're both horses who were very fancied in that $4 million quokka. So it's certainly coming out of the best form lines. And, and again, you've got to remember, like, the horse um, beat Paul home, who was an Everest horse last year. Yep. He also beat Remark home, who we had opinion of, Shades of Rose, Eduardo, Zoo style. Like, the horse certainly has it, um, has good form lines. And I just wish he dropped, because the, the horse's handicap rating is only 88. 
So I feel like it, it like he could drop it back to a, an 88 race and and it'd, it'd be a real chance. Get a win, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The owner's probably starting to think so, that too. Although, yeah, he's yeah. probably still making money getting fifths. Because it, it was nommed in the last race there at the 10th the race, which is a BM88 and had Brett Pebble on board there, drawn really nicely. So he's opted for this race. So I don't know. Is, is he going for those riches just to try and get a bit of cash up his sleeve or, or I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. So what? So, uh, any more at Randwick there you want to look at? Well, I'll touch on brutality, but no one's going to bet on him. But um, I really liked his run behind Bacchanale. He actually copped the fastest sectionals, 400 and 200 metres of the meeting at Rose Hill on the 25th of March, and that was on a good deck. He did run 13th, I know that, but he was out the back and over an unsuitable trip. So he steps up now to 1,400 metres in a BM100. Like, he's been racing in decent company. So I think he's certainly a chance in that race. He's not going to be a bet or anything like that, but he's a horse that I'm going to watch go around. And if I see any sort of – if it's certainly in the soft or heavy range, I'll probably have a little snippet on him, but that's more a heart bet than that, than anything else. Yeah, I mean, some people might bet on him. Yeah. Not, you know, maybe me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. some sickos like me who, <laughs> who, who can't sack a horse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, sweet. So what about Sandown? Um, so Sandown, Sandown's, Sandown's it's on the lakeside race. So that's the inside track there at um, Sandown. So it is a bit of a tighter turning track and, and has more favourable, has been more favourable to leaders in the past as opposed to the to the hillside. So it's one of those Vobus meetings. It's kind of like Magic Millions in a way where it's you have to be a Vobus horse to race in it. So it's one of those weird meets where the, the quality of the racing is quite limited and it certainly doesn't have the, the Magic Millions feel about it or anything like that. But there's a lot of big prize money. And if you had a Vobus horse, I'd be certainly running him here. So um, this is like the, the poor man's Magic Millions or something. Yeah, you could, you could probably say that. Like it's it just doesn't have the riches. Like it's got some it's got some decent races. Like it's got a couple of it's got a two year old race. It's got the Golden Sprint and Golden Mile, and then you've got the Guineas as well. So it's got some good races, and there are some good horses in racing around. But to be honest, it's not something like I, I don't really actually have a, a like. I've got two horses that I want to talk about, which have been in our black book for a bit, but All they're right. not going to be betting prospects. Mm-hmm. So. I'll just touch on it just because I know there'll be people that want to know about it. So the rail's out seven metres. So this, it's currently rated a soft seven as, as we're recording right now, which I was expected on Saturday, between 10 and uh, 15 mils. So I'm expecting probably soft soft seven, heavy eight going at, at the absolute best. So you want to be looking for, for wet trackers to come through. Okay. Yeah, so... Like I said, the, the, there's a few good races here. Like, yeah, I think the you've got to look at races five, six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. So the first race, which we'll touch on, is is the the Guineas. So a horse we've got a lot of time for in Toronto Terrier is racing in this race. Oh yeah, yeah. Loses loses Blake Shin, but gains John McNeil. Has actually drawn a lot better than what he did at the Valley that last time, and he. Um, he's handled the mile now, which is a really good thing. Like he was three wide without cover that entire trip and and he boxed on really well to only go down by 0.3 of a length over that yeah. mile. So I think him and Bel Air, I think they're rightly um, at the same price. 
You've then got Running By, who's got that waltz on by form. Uh, beat Elkington Road, Lethal Thoughts, Marble Arch, who we've all got an opinion of as well. In uh, And Is It Me, which I think pulled up with some sort of issue in the Bendigo Guineas. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's a, re- it's, it's a really open race. Um, I'm going to watch Toronto Terrier go around, but I'm, I'm not likely I'm going to be making it a bet or anything like that. All right, cool. I'll have a bet on it for you. <laughs> and then we got we got race six, which is the gold sprint. So I found this race incredibly difficult. You're too many different form lines. Like the one of the favourites is coming out of a um, a listed race in in Morfittville, and then you've got Dejumbuck coming out of straight uh, track form. Like it's just too much. So I'm not keen to have a bet in that race. Yeah, our uh, mate Dejumbuck now. Jeez, yeah. What's it? This is this is this is straight. This race? No, no. This is this is at Sandown. So this is over the twelve hundred meters. So my opinion is, I feel like um, the jump buck is a straight track horse. Although he has won at the lakeside before. Or he, I think he was close first up at the lakeside. I think he went was in a, like a low grade BM or something like that. So he certainly handled the track before, and he's and he's in good form. And and Luke Nolan's riding well. Um, He's a good horse. Outlaws Revenge, like I said, comes out of that listed race um, just behind another award who are beating Phil and I, who I know there's a lot of people with um, opinions of that horse. And you've got Storm Boulders coming off two wins, most notably the the handicap sprint uh, back in March. Imperial Lad, who we know knows only one way to go forward and lead. So if it is leader biasy, then I'd definitely be looking towards Imperial Lad. Like he had a good win in that. Um, he beat Crosshaven in that BM. I think it was BM hundred or something like that. Um, at Bendigo on the first of April. So yeah, I can make a case for quite a few horses in this race. So it's not something I really want to bet into. No, looks dangerous. Stay away from that one. Yeah, it does. So then we look at the next race, which is the showdown. So it's actually good prize money for this race. So it's five hundred fifty k for the winner. So this is, a, this is the two-year-old race over twelve hundred meters. So I won't make um, I don't I won't won't make too much of a, a carry on with this. But she's all shenanigan with Simon Zara is probably the the boom horse that everyone's on about. <laughs> won its last start in the the Vobis Gold Rush. It won it by about four and a half lengths, beating quite a few horses home. Yeah, what, so I what think a it's name, rightly hey. so the favourite. Oh yeah, she's exactly. all shenanigans. One word. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's pretty. I wouldn't have been able to uh, pick that. That's maiden. what it was called until you well, said that? it. I wouldn't, what? Have, I wouldn't have like even said it like that until you said that. I was still trying oh, to really? decipher it. <laughs> All these long ones with no spaces. Yeah, it's that one's wild. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, that's right. So critique one. It's maiden by about three lengths last start after having a very good run behind Libertad, who we know came out and won that listed race at Randwick two weeks ago. Um, gets Michael D, our boy, on board. Um, I really like the horse. It's just whether or not he's going to handle that heavy deck, um, which will be interesting. I also like Treasureway, who you and I know know of quite well. Oh, yes. Um, that's in at 15. And then I could also make a um, a case for Elphinstone. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was actually fourth behind She's All Shenanigans in that 1,000-metre race. So I think you can make a case for it as well. Um and then you've got this unraced horse uh, by Gavin Bedgegood. So it's not a race that I'm pretty keen to bet in, and, and but it's just it's, it's actually a decent race. Where's the unraced? Oh, yeah, this Mr. Mr. Vane or something. Yeah, okay. 
Look, Treasury loves running a third. He's run four in a row to start his career so far. Maybe he uh, runs a fifth. Well, that would be nice. It'd be good. I reckon he's a chance. $4.20 in place. (laughs) I like it. Um, yeah, so do you want to go to, is there a race eight you want to have a look at that or are we done it? And then this is the last one. Now, I, I've got a bet in this race, funnily enough, after me talking, having a bit of uh, laughing about it. It's not Gracias Amigo, is it? No, it's not, unfortunately. Sorry, mate. Okay. So, um, it's the miles. This is the gold mile. So, how is Sosie Bond not favourite? Oh, yeah, what, Pinstripe's favourite. Yeah, how's Sosie Bond not favourite? He won... Did he win this race last year, potentially? Mm, I could tell you, but maybe he's not favourite because he's um, 15 years old. That would probably be a thing. No, but <laughs> if you go back and look at his – have you what, did you watch his run in the All-Star Mile? Uh, I can't remember. I watched the All-Star Mile, but I can't remember him in it. So he, was, he actually ran eighth. So yeah. he, was, he was point one of a length off Gentleman Roy. He beat home Aegon. He beat home Law of Indices. He beat home Thunderstruck. She's a belter. Keats, my Oberon. Now, my Oberon came out and ran that belt of a race in the Doncaster on the inside of Mr. Brightside. Oh, my God. That's right. Didn't it? So, you oh. look at, if you look at the form lines of Sophie I was going to throw right? my schooner at the TV in the pub if that my Oberon oh, beat Mr. Right. If it, Brightside. If it, if it beat Brightside, my God. Oh, honestly. I would have been so off it if it was yeah. a, you'd end up winning. There would have been a schooner through a TV. Yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah, I now that you mention it, very interesting form there. So, how like, Sosie Bond has to be a bet, doesn't he? How I is he not so. favourite? You've talked me into it. Yeah, I think I think he's a bet, and I think John McNeil. Um, he's wrote it, written him before. Um, he wrote him in in the Blamey. Uh, he's written second to Pounding, who we know came out. He's beaten Keats before. Deny Knowledge ran, ran really well on Good Friday. He beat like in that that Pounding race, Explosive Jack. He beat him home. Explosive Jack came out and won the Sydney Cup on the weekend. Like he's got he's got the best form lines of anyone in this race, and I think he should be favourite. Well, well, imagine if he won. Do they just, like, retire him? Does he take the gloves off in the ring straight away after that? Maybe. I would have loved to own him. So he's a nine-year-old gelding. He's won yeah. $2.3 million. Yeah. He's an absolute legend. He's having his 90th start on the weekend. Oh, my God. What a Surely that's an omen, winning your 90th. What a weapon. What a yeah. weapon of a horse. Yeah, like so I think got through that in high level racing. How has it got through that many starts? I know it's incredible, eh? And he's raced in Group One company and everything. He's, I think he's raced in four different states. Like he's been a warhorse. Yeah, a true warhorse. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I reckon. I reckon we get on him. <laughs> yeah. So I think so. Well, then let's just say that we get on Sosie Bond. Even for even if it's just a bit of omen rebetting. Oh no, nah, that's amazing! I love it every time you get so sip on as a tip. <laughs> every time. Yeah, I, can't, I can't say I've tipped him before, but I'm I'm pretty stoked I've tipped him now. Oh, even if it took me nine years to do it. Everyone can get around it. Yeah, you just want to see it happen. Exactly. So yeah, so that's it for Sandy. I don't really have much else I want to discuss there. All right, let's go to Eagle Farm then. 
All right, so Eagle Farm, we know it's going to be a good deck regardless of the rain. It's been really nice weather up here this week in Brisbane. Rail's out three metres. Um, big thing to note with Eagle Farm is it is a horses for courses track. So you want to be finding horses that have handled it before. So some horses that like Doom and don't necessarily do well at Eagle Farm. So that's just food for thought for everyone. Now, I don't want to waste many much time with this, but we'll just touch on a few horses that I really like in certain races. Mm-hmm. So in race one, we've got a black booker in Headwall, and I think uh, Matty Smith's good jockey, um, so a good trainer, and he's finally landed a senior jockey. Now, this horse has never finished outside the trifecta, and I think it meets a really average field, to be honest. All right, lovely. Race one, Headwall. I really like it. Yeah, really like it. In the second race, now this is a horse that I've had in my black book for a bit. It's been met with some market support recently. Jeez, oh, it might have been because of scratchings. Uh, yeah. What is it? Is I like Al Abur. Uh-huh. Number six. Loved what it did last start here at Eagle Farm. So it's actually two from two at the track. Um, Dam- Damon Thornton has um, has a uh, – a relationship with the horse and has actually ridden its last two starts, both at Eagle Farm. I think I had it in my black book for it to – I wanted to see it up around 1,800 metres, maybe even 2,000. We're sticking at 800 metres, which is a slight knock, but I think the horse should be winning this race. Oh, okay. I like it. Um, now, this race here, we're going to talk about race four. There's a horse in this race that I think potentially could be a podcast bet. Okay. All right. I really like Mashani Gangster. My only concern that I have is, one, we've got uh, CJ Graham's all right, but we've drawn the absolute car park. Yeah, okay. 16. Which is a worry for me. Because uh, what – so my, like, my black book note, like the horse came into its first up run um, of two very dominant wins um, – Late last year, when it's made in a thousand meters of the Sunshine Coast by about three lengths, and then went to the Gold Coast over nine hundred meters in a two-year-old handicap and won it by about similar sort of trip. So, the horse likes to roll forward. The only problem was it was three wide, no cover last start, and it still hung on so well, yeah. which I thought was really, really good. So, I really like the horse, and I don't think it's been missed in the market as you can see. And like, what did it open at? Oh, it's actually come out a little bit, which is good thing. Yeah, six fifty, which is a good price, I think. Um, I really like the horse. Um, it's a winner. It loves to win. Okay. There's that. Um, and then we've got the fifth race. We've got two black bookers in this race, which is really quite annoying. We've got the Drover and Good Chat, both at the top of the market. So I can't sep- separate them So in the, as, as a result of that. And they're drawn next to each other as well, which makes it even worse. <laughs> so they're probably not going to be a bet for anyone. Okay. Um, yeah. One more as well, race nine, is it? Now, have a look at this field. Get up race nine, have a look at the field. Rothy. Oh, nice. Rothy, Zoo Style, oh, Prince of Boom, Garrett Baldy, oh. Sneaky Five, Alpine Edge, Star Tontos Group One, your favourite, Jay Sweet Bell, <laughs> Centerfire. Oh, very nice. Ascot Handicap. Yeah, yeah so Muncie in the last as well, mate. Yeah, right. Muncie in the last. The real king of the last. <laughs> and then, None of this pikey in the last stuff. And then and then you got um 
who else we got? Then we got uh, Ethan Soxagon, who's a horse I've got a lot of time for. So I think this is a really, really good race. I've got a, a cracking speed. So if you look at all the speed horses in, you've got Zustal coming in from Barrier 16 to get across. You've got uh, Osamu can roll forward. Emerald Kingdom likes to dictate things. Rothy's quite versatile, but probably will use that gate to there. Centrefire can roll forward. Prince of Boom can roll forward. Grey Worm rolls forward. So you can see how I'm looking at this race and going, wow, we've got a lot of pressure up front and a really fast tempo. This is setting up um, for a swooper. Mm. And that's what I thought Key Largo was going to do because if you would have seen here, Key Largo has yeah. been scratched. Yeah, you can see that. It's the yeah. one you were talking so, about, yeah. Yeah, so you, you look at some of the horses in this field. Like Rothfire started favourite for a Group 1 winner bottom. Like he was – you got to look at his stats. Like he's three from three at the track and distance. He's had five wins from nine attempts at the track. He's had seven first-up attempts for five wins. And he's had four, um, five attempts at the distance for four wins. So, Rothy's just—he's a—he's awesome, yeah. and I think he's trying soundly. He's—he's got to carry the big weight in his handicap, which is which is fine. But you look at the horses that he's conceding weight to; it's the only one really that you're looking at probably Alpine Edge and Sneaky Five that he's giving a decent weight weight to, or any pretty much. Yeah. Oh, wow. It, like, it'd be really interesting to see how he's come back again now because I thought um his last prep was pretty good. He had some really good runs in there. So if he's got, like, you know, even improved a bit from that since that injury, um, I reckon he could be hard to beat here. Exactly. Like is he, the thing, I guess. Like, you look at him last prep. Like, first up, he he won that McEwen Stakes. He actually beat Cool and Gatter, who we know is a 1,000-meter specialist. He beat Zustar. He then went to that um that Moyer Stakes, which Cool and Gatter won. Remember the horse, the one that you had? Yeah. I thought he performed downly. He beat some very good horses home, including Wysotope, who I think has gone now. He ran second in that Bella Nipatina race, the Manicato. And then he was in that bunch finish. It, look, it says on paper that he finished eighth in that Group 1 BRC Classic. But when you look at it, the horses that crossed the line with him, you had – Front page, Bella Nipotina, Lofty Strike, who we've, we've all got opinion of. Astrologist, Giga Kick. He was within, within 0.4 lengths of, of, of Giga Kick. Yeah. So no, he looked, you just got to look at look at his form lines. Like, he just screams class in this race, doesn't oh, he? No, and he's $5. Jeez, that looks good. Yeah, he does. And, and Mark Duplessis can ride too. Duplessis all right. Like, he trialed Rothy um, on the 16th of March as well, so he's going to continue his association. So, yeah. It's 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 this is a really really tough race, um, but if you have to gunsmith, Rothfire just screams class to me over over the rest of these horses. But he he I do concede that Prince of Boom certainly has a, a case. Zoo style as well, Garibaldi, um, even Alpine Edge and Star Tonto I certainly have a case for them. Yep, definitely. Well, uh, let's go to Ascot. You want to talk a bit about Ascot over in the West? Let's talk. Let's talk about Ascot because um, it's the probably the biggest race or biggest prize money race um, over the weekend, which were, which is going to be great. So we've got two good races that I want to touch on. The first one is the Caraca Plate, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Caracata Plate, sorry, um, which is Group Two. So it's, this is for the two-year-olds in WA. So there's a horse in this race who there's a big, big boom on it called Live to Tell. Yeah, very good horse. Uh, could be Amelia Palm, Amelia's Amelia Jewel. Yeah. yeah, it could be 2.0 is what a lot of people are saying. So 
very good horse. I think if you're looking at quaddies over there, Carberry's got a great association with the horse. It shouldn't have won last start in that Gimrack. Um, I think with even luck, it just wins that race. Right. So you reckon, what is it, $1.85 at the moment? You think it's tomorrow? I think it could be. I think if you're looking at quaddies, I won't be getting on $1.85, but I think if you're looking at quaddies, pure, um, you'd just be standing it out, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. Now is that the, that's not the Quokka's the the race with the most prize money, isn't it? Correct. So have a look at that race there. So that's I think race race eight, the Quokka. Yeah, race eight exactly. Yeah. So have a look at the field. It's a ripping little field. So it's probably like your B grade sprinters as, as such. So you got Amelia's Jewel there sitting at the top of the market. Um, she's drawn the car park, but we'll touch on that. Mm. You got Bella Nipotina who's coming off a really good second in that William Reed uh, beating Rock and Horse and a few of those other horses which we spoke of earlier. Uncommon James and Asphora, who were the two unluckier runners, I guess, in that galaxy. More so Asphora, but Uncommon James certainly was. Yeah. You've got uh, Josh Parr going over from from Just to Ride Overpass, which is a big push for, for your Bjorn Baker. you got the, um, the big boy, Kementari. And then you <laughs> All got of us followed him over there. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Red Can Man, who comes out of the Amelia Drills race. So... It's a really, really good race. Now, there was a, a little bit of controversy in the week. So, initially, they did the barrier draw. I think Amelia's drew barrier seven, I think, there. But there was a big stuff around, I think, with something. And they had to redraw only a certain number. And then Amelia's drew was one of those ones that got redrawn and it ended up oh, drawing barrier 14. God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the owners like was kicking up a stink. He got on radio and gave a lot of feedback and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, I would um, too. But I looked at the stats for for horses over the twelve hundred meters at Ascot, and it actually plays in Amelia Jewel, Amelia's Jewel's favour. Like the, it's actually better to be drawn out than it is to be drawn in. Yeah, right. So if you look at the race, like there is a decent speed set on. So I think you've got Red Can Man will probably, if he he usually likes to take up the front, but then you've also got Massimo and Shades of Rose who like to roll forward too. You've got a four and Uncommon James who will probably follow Red Man, Red Can Man across. And I think Amelia's Jewel can do the same thing. So I reckon she can sit three three wide with cover and then peel out and go down the outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really good looking race. This actually, I'm excited for this. It's a, it's a great race. It's probably not a betting proposition for me because there's a lot of horses that I've got a great opinion of in this race. Most notably, the top four in the market. Yeah. But at the same time, like she could just come away and blow these away, and then who knows? They're probably getting an Everest. They're probably getting Everest talk it, um, happening, which wouldn't surprise me. I would kind of love to see her do it, but at the same time, geez, I love Bella and Uncommon James. Exactly, like you're looking at it like that, and then we've even got opinion, like we even like Asphora, um, like but Bella and Uncommon James have been um, great, great horses for us on this podcast as well, and even before we started doing it. So, yeah, I, yeah, Bella's obviously Ben Mellon's flown over just to ride Bella, so that's obviously saying something, and Ben Thompson's done the same with with Uncommon James. So. Yeah, great race. It's probably race one of the races of the day. So put a little reminders in your phone for for five fifty. Five fifty Saturday. That's unreal. Now, just yeah. before we go, uh, have you got a Friday tip for us? I, I was looking through and I can't find anything. Oh no! Which is so annoying. Like I, I was looking through the fields, everything like that. Like oh, no. we've been really good with our Friday 
Friday fill-ups, haven't we? Yeah. That's all right. Plenty uh, plenty happening on Saturday, and we're nearly there. You know, I, lo- I love a short week. Exactly. The good, it's a good feeling, eh? Oh, it's fantastic. All right, man. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks for coming Done. on. Pleasure, Pleasure as always. All right. All right. Well, let's have a fill-up. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, bud. Take it easy, okay? See ya.